Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome on to the final furlong podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for the kind words on social media. Speaking of, there is still time for you to win final furlong podcast mugs, tweeters, your pictures of where you most listen to the final furlong podcast. Is it at college? Are you trying to snooze through school, work, doing your laundry, in the gym, whatever? Uh, tweet us at final furlong podcast with a picture for you most listen and mugs could be yours we'll announce the winner on Monday's show uh, to preview the weekend's action I am joined by my right honourable friend a man who spent the week at the sales so let's try and boost his mood it's at the races pundit Mr Kevin Blake where life is good Kevin hello <laughs> and my right honourable friend from the Irish field Mr Rory Delargy Good evening. So the Jockey Club £1 million treble begins this weekend with the Betfair chase at Haydock at 3 o'clock where the going is currently good to soft, which probably means heavy. And it is a very small field with no Irish Raiders. We have the King George winner, Mike Bite, currently at even money. He was epic at Aintree as well when he slammed Bristol to May. He is in opposition at sevens. The Gold Cup winner who I thought they were going to have a light campaign with, but is out, which is great to see. Uh, Colin Tizard and Richard Johnson teaming up again with him uh, for the Gold Cup winner, Native River, who's currently about 11-4. to 4. Tizard's other runner is 10-1, to 1, the mighty Thistlecrack, if he can bounce back. And then there's Clan Sobo at 12s. Rory, does the market have it right? Um, probably doesn't give enough uh, respect to Native River, I think, in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, given that um, they've got similar profiles, Native River and, and uh, Mike Bite. And of course, Mike Bite's a year older, um, which doesn't always get brought up. Um, Native River has won a Gold Cup and been placed in a Gold Cup, and Mike Bite's been second in a Gold Cup and, and won an RSA. Um, it's not like Mike Bite's going to improve any further. Well, he might do, but there's, you know, if either of these are going to improve, um, there's no reason why it, one of them should more than the other at this stage. They're both well established. Um, and I can only think it's because people think the going is going to be on the quick side. You say it's good to soft, therefore it might be heavy. You know, it's it's either heavy or firm at Haydock, isn't it? Yeah, that's the old um, it's, it's the guy, joke so, for Haydock. Uh, it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be that deep. I think the worry would be that it's um, that it might be a little bit lively, particularly for Bristol de May, yeah. um, who wants it um, as deep as possible here. In- interestingly uh, he- enough, Rory, the connections of Bristol de May were saying today that they actually think he'll relish good ground. Good luck with that project. Yeah, well, in fairness, every time you, every time you tell Nigel that one of his horses doesn't do, you know, doesn't like X, Nigel will tell you X is exactly what that horse likes. <laughs> you know, I'll show you. I, I mentioned, I mentioned uh, a horse of his that that um, had got a comment, made mistakes three consecutive runs, and said, "What about his jumping?" And he goes. A brilliant jumper <laughs> so you know um that, that's that's nigel's way he's a very he's a very good trainer he's a top bloke is uh is nige but you know if if a reporter tells him something that he doesn't like to hear he will happily argue black is white um 
as a as a defence. Um, he's he's as, if there weren't any fences in the way, he'd be absolutely fine on good ground. Mm. But the one thing we've seen about him is that he needs to to measure his fences, and when he goes a stride faster than he wants, he ends up making mistakes. And if he goes too slow, um, then he's unable to um, to take advantage of what can be very good jumping. You know, when the ground is heavy, as we saw here, when he won this race by 56-odd lengths, um, he out-jumped his rivals all the way through. The others were, were struggling to jump out of the ground, and he met, because of the the, the rhythm of the race, um, he was meeting every fence on the stride that he wanted. But we've seen him over the years that his jumping can be absolutely brilliant. But at times, you know, if, if, um, if he's quickening... Um, at certain points in the race or, you know, if it's a tactical race or if they just go very fast from the front, um, that can affect his jumping a little bit. And so you'd always rather see him on ground that was genuinely soft to heavy um, for all he handles it quicker. You know, that the issue isn't his um, uh, isn't his handling of the ground as such. It's, it's how the ground affects his jumping. And that's the bottom line. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's not an easy race to have a punt in. Um, but Native River... It's it's him or nothing really. Mm-hmm. I was worried when I heard um, I read the the stable tour on the at the races site, and Colin Tizard said, and, and I quote, he he'll have a lighter campaign this season. And given he had two runs last year, the first one was in February. I thought, Christ, he's going straight for the Gold Cup. That's unheard of. Um, and then he said, uh, yeah, so we're going to go for for the Betfair Chase, the King George, and the Gold Cup, and that's his that's his uh, season. And he goes, they're all three or four weeks apart. Well, they're three or four weeks apart from something, not from each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but there you go. But yeah, in fairness, I, I spoke to Colin um, a couple of years ago about his his ethos in, in training top class horses, and he said, you know, the, the the big issue is getting them fit in the first place. Once you've got them fit, it's easy to keep them ticking over. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reckons that horses, you know, if you're going to win a race at the Gold Cup, you you need you need at least one run, um, and you know ideally two for most horses but after that you don't need to run anymore as long as as long as you've got them at their peak and are able just to to twiddle the knobs a little bit you should be fine um other trainers would would have different approaches but that's the way that's the way he looks at it and the campaign is is okay um we'd rather see horses that came out a bit more often but we've seen again in the past that um when you are uh, when you've got gold cup horses who are running in the big races uh, on bad ground through the winter um, they don't last as long. Yeah. When I was growing up, you know, the Gold Cup went to different horse every year, um, and you get a Gold Cup winner who was absolutely outstanding. I thought, well, this is going to win three or four Gold Cups, and then next year, they'd have five or six runs on heavy ground, and they'd be finished. Mm. Um, so looking after your your Gold Cup horse is clearly very important, and it's understandable that likes of Nicky Henderson and Colin Tizard want to do that. The interesting thing you were talking there about Mike Bites' age and the fact that he'll be ten when we get into January, and you know he's approaching another year older. Six starts back, Native River won the Hennessy. Then he won the Welsh National. That was back in 2016. He's still only eight. Yeah. He's remarkably lightly raced and probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like, he definitely is the one they all have to beat in this race, surely. Yeah, and, and lots of lots of people um, formed opinions about him very early on. The fact that he was uh, winning Welsh Nationals and, you know, as a six-year-old, able to cope with a slog in the mud at three and a half miles because, he, he's, you know, all he is is a doer stare. Running in the four-miler um, at Cheltenham. Yeah, but then he ran he ran an absolute cracker on ground that was, that was you know, close to good to firm in the Gold Cup two seasons ago, mm-hmm. finishing third. Um, and then, you know, they, they find out that the best way to ride him um, was just to get him out. He jumped so well, get him out in front and put the others under pressure. 
Um, so, you know, you use um, the fact that you've got unlimited stamina and you're a very sound jumper um, to expose weaknesses in the others. It doesn't mean that you're slow, um, but obviously stamina counts for an awful lot. So, and you know, he had, he and Mike Bite had the gold cup between them for the last mile and a half of the race. Summarized. Uh, and it really was a proper head to head. And I know that was verging on heavy ground. I think it probably would be called soft in Ireland, but um and again, people have thought, well, that was because it was heavy grind. If it was good grind, my bike would have won that. And he might have. Um, but Native River would have run a, an absolutely mighty race anyway. Um, so if you if you ask me to choose between them, you would very, very marginally favor my bike. But I think the market has gone a little bit too far in his favor. Okay. So in terms of a bet, is this one that you want to sit back, crack up, and a few cold ones in- watch and enjoy? Or, or are you interested in because of... Well, in of- term- Sorry. In terms of a bet, this the yeah, the race itself isn't isn't enormously interesting. I, I I have written a piece about the um about the the chase triple crown as the majority club resources call it. Um I was asked to write a piece about whether a new horse could do it and I thought, well, it'll be vaguely fun writing this, but you know at the end of the day your your advice is going to be no bet. Mm. Because the odds are appalling. You'll get better prices about any if you fancy an outside fancy Bristol de May, for example. You'll get a better price about him winning the gold cup than winning the three races. And I know the punchline to this, so here's where things get interesting. Continue, Rory. Um, and you look at Mike Bangorel, he's the most obvious one, but he's, you know, he's 10 to 1 um, in places, 12 to 1, a top price to win all three. And again, if you work out what price he is to win the first two, you, you probably get about 3 to 1, 7 to 2 about him winning this and the King George. Um, and even if he does win the first two races, the idea that he's going to be shorter than two to one to win the Gold Cup in the back of it is hard to believe, given the, the strength of competition. Um, so there's no great value in him. Also, if you were going to back, back him, you'd be better off backing any horse. You can back any horse to win the three, um, which includes him or Native River. And Native River, who you'd expect to be roughly the same price, um, I don't know if the market's available now. It certainly is with one firm. Um, he was a general 50 to one. I was only 51 in, in a couple of places. Uh, Labricks and Corals were 51 about him doing the treble. Um, and that's actually a fair price. Very. It's not a empty your piggy bank and absolutely lump on, but it's, it's a wee bit offensive to him um, because if he's vulnerable at all, it's going to be the um, the opening race of the season, but it's it's cut up to five runners. Um, he's He is officially the better horse um, between him and Mike Bite, and while Mike Bite will be better suited by good ground, it, it doesn't stop Native River. Um, and therefore, if you think about it, we know what his races are going to be. He's running in this, he's running the King George, he's running the Gold Cup. Those are his only three races on his on his agenda. And getting 50 to 1 about him winning all three is actually not a bad price at all. Um, whether, whether all the firms are still betting on that, I'm not sure. I know that one firm is still, still up at 40 to 1. Okay, well, if you, if you can get it, that sounds like Rory's dipped his toe in if you can get it punish them um in the last podcast kevin you were talking about the race course gallop between native river and, and thistle crack um how times change 2016 thistle crack ran away with the king george and looked like a superstar native river the next day won the welsh national now it's native river who's the gold cup hope and thistle crack rising 11 and on the retrieval mission um what's your approach to this race and how do you think the whole thing is going to unfold three o'clock on Saturday? I sure have no idea to be honest I think it's a it'll be a very difficult race to have a strong opinion on and um, with all five of them you know coming back first run of the season 
Um, it was great to see Tisselkrack and, and Native River have that spin out. They shaped, I suppose, as you'd expect they would. You know, Tisselkrack has always been a, a real strong traveller and he looked to he looked to go very well with Native River, but it was no more than you'd expect. Um, you'd love to see Tisselkrack come back and show that he retains, um, you know, a good portion of his ability. I, I don't think he necessarily proved that last season. He ran grand in the King George, but probably no better. Um, so hopefully he shows a bit more. Um, you wouldn't like to, you wouldn't like to try and guarantee it. But um, look, I suspect over this course of this, this might bite. Um, Mike bite is just a better horse than Native River. I suspect he, he's just a better horse than him. Full stop. Not by far, but I just think the Gold Cup last year was very much in in Native River's wheelhouse. It was a real test of stamina in the conditions, and. Um, and that and that really played to Native River's strengths, whereas Mike Bite, I think, just has a bit more um, pace and class, and that might well show here. And just the fact that there's so much between them, and Rory's right, there shouldn't be as much between them in the prices. But you just wonder, has that gap opened up um, for for good reason? You know, in in a situation like this where. Um, there, oh, there's only so much in the public domain. We obviously know all the horses' form, but we don't know um, how their preparations have gone. And um, we, I know it, the, the late money will be much more telling in that regard. But um, yeah, I, I'd be a little bit disappointed if my bite um, didn't stamp his class. Um, and you know, Nate River will will have his opportunity to have another crack at him. But yeah, I suppose you have to remember that last year's Gold Cup was a bit of a um, I won't call it a black swan because it's not quite as rare as that but a real testing ground goal cop is a rarity these days a relative rarity and he, he very much that very much favoured him on the day so uh, you know I'll be looking forward to this rematch and uh, hopefully we, we get to see it more than once or twice this season hopefully these good horses can take each other on a few times and by the end of the season we'll really know what's what but I think my impression at this stage would be Mike Bite should have too much Rudy's um, on Saturday, but would I have a bet in the race? Absolutely not. Not in a million years. Johnny Ward was was tweeting about uh, you. You'd have to. I think he, his line was something on the lines of "You'd have to be an idiot to be backing Luca Kamani's horse uh, running today. The last ever horse he's going to run at odds on. Therefore, I'm backing him." And uh, Johnny did his money. <laughs> so Kevin's warning to you that you'd have to be insane to have a bet in this race means I'll be having a bet on it. Um, didn't back Lucas, but I'll probably be ending up back in Native River because I just think he's, he's too big a price and this change in ground is going to make things very, very interesting. But then again, it is Haydock. Uh, the 225. So the fixed brush hurdle... Wait a minute. Where's the fixed brush hurdle gone? Oh, yeah, they did away with it. And the result is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven runners, Rory. That's, uh, that's great, isn't it? Betfair Exchange, Stairs, Handicap, Hurdle, First Assignment. Was a... that's, that's twice you've counted those, and I've made it eight. And you've made it seven twice. What, have I? So wait, the question is, who's the second. best counter? Christ. <laughs> You're right, it's eight. There's <laughs> <laughs> one I hadn't spotted down at the bottom of the page. I'm Can using the iPad. Can't count sensations. <laughs> so First Assignment bolted up at Cheltenham at the November Open meeting at the weekend as a uh, strong favourite and obviously Connections tempted back in again. He's got a penalty. Uh, are you keen to take him on or be with him, Rory? Um, I'm not mad to, to to take him on. I'm not normally a big fan of um, of um, 
backing horses um, in these sort of conditions, you know, overstaying trips uh, turned out fairly quickly, but it has been done before. Um, we had, um, I think it was Grand Crew who won at the um, at yes. the November meeting at Cheltenham and on to, to bolt up in this, although this was a, the race he won was a, was a um, second season, um, an intermediate handicap hurdle. And this was a two mile six contest, um, which is a, a little bit of a difference. But um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing they've done away with the fixed brush hurdles, which were very popular. Yeah. Um, but apparently they weren't very popular. Although we're always got a maximum fields, and uh, the course said, oh, no one seemed to mind, so we, we did away with them. And then you end up with an inner runner race instead, which is considerably less interesting. Um, I thought. Um, Great job, Haydock. Great job. I thought Paisley Park would run a decent race at the top, despite the fact that he's got um, he's got eleven stone twelve on his back. Okay. Um, another one coming here from from a um, a win um, this autumn. Um, in his case, it was at uh, at Aintree, um where he won a two and a half mile handicap um, in decent style. But he does stay further. Um, he wants three miles, I think. Uh, Paisley Park, and I thought he would run a decent race. I mean, you know, we got the decks for this, so it ha- has a better shape than most races for the weekend. So he'd be a marginal pick for me. But again, it's um, this used to be a race that I would really look forward to getting my teeth into. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's um, it was a decent contest last year as well. But uh, it's it's um, it's not hugely exciting this um, this time around. Uh, first assignment. Paisley Parker, as you said, um, she has a midnight run fairly well the other day for Sandy Thompson, and we'll probably come on for that run at Kelso. But it, it's hard to get excited about it, to be honest. Yeah, good old days of Jeffrey Chambaton, badly affected. Kevin, your thoughts? I um, thought Bobo Mack had a good chance, to be fair. Um, very likable comeback at Newbury last time. Um, you know, relatively unexposed at staying trips, um, and that comeback suggested that maybe he could. F- he could progress a little bit more. And yeah, he was the one I was going for. Okay, and you sound super enthusiastic about him as well. Uh, the 150 we will briefly mention just for our good friend and colleague, Sean Boyce, as Sirius Darius makes his debut for Mr. Colin Tizard. So he may very well be buying the Ambrosia Empire. He is selling his Milk Empire, and he's taking horses as well. Sirius Darius moves to Colin Tizard at the age of nine, uh, could have his first start. Brian Hughes already jocked up, uh, and he would be interesting were he to run in that race. Uh, 205 at Ascot, the... Uh, Christie 1965 chase has seen some good winners over the years and we could see a rematch here from Aintree Politologue against Min yet again uh, Willie Mullins also has Bells Hill entered you'd imagine Min would be the more likely of the two to go but Politologue is declared and Sam Tristan Davis retains the ride since he's split from Paul Nichols Benatar who missed out at the weekend is in here as well for Jamie Moore around about 11 to 2 uh, and then it's 6 to 1 and upwards the rest short price favourite Politologue here uh, for this race, Rory. He could have gone for the Bedford Chase as well, but I, I imagine if Min doesn't turn up, Connections will be disappointed to leave this behind them. Yeah, he's got every chance. Um, he, he does have a penalty to carry. Um, so he's got 11-7, and um, there are a few half-decent types with 11-1 down there. Um, this is, I think it's as far as he wants to go. So although he was in the Bedford Chase, uh, you know, they, they thought he was a 3 minor initially, and we saw... 
um, last year, the year before, that really he wants sort of two and a half miles and shorter to be at his best. This is at the top end of his stamina range to the extended two mile five. Um, but he's probably going to be ready for this. Um, and he's he's got very good chances on form. I, mean, I, I would expect that um, Bells Hill and Min will stay at home, but you never know. We've, we've, we've seen a few surprises here in the past in terms of horses that are entered up we, that we don't expect to see. Um, and of course, the ground is, is going to be softer at Ascot at the weekend um, than it is um, at Navan on Sunday. So you never know who you might see. But in saying that, it's not particularly soft either. It's probably going to be good to soft at worst. Um, so, again, there's a bit of a guesswork involved in who's going to turn up. Um, I'd be keen to see Gold Present back again. Uh, whether he's a bet in this race, I don't know. He, he, he was a winner over three miles at the track last season uh, where he jumped really well. But he burst a blood vessel on his penultimate start, and then um, he was an on. They tried him over um, like four and a quarter miles in the the uh, Scottish National, or extended just over four miles rather. Um, and he clearly didn't stay that. Um, I can see him bouncing back this season, dropped in trip. I think I've always thought the three miles um, was again was probably as far as he wanted to go. Uh, he always struck me as being the ideal type for the um, uh, for the Topham at Aintree in the spring. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see him back. He's not particularly well treated at the weights either. It has to be said. And the other one um, who's interesting is in there is Calandra, although Calandra's also got an entry in a um, uh, graduation chase at, uh, at Haydock, uh, in which he'd have a, a favourite chance. He was a, he unseated his rider in the Bet Victor um, last weekend when travelling well. Um, he did make one or two mistakes in that race, and of course he fell at Galway before that, so he needs a, a confidence restorer. But I, I've no doubt that he's, um, that he's still underrated as a chaser if he can iron out those little kinks. Okay. Kevin, for you? Um, I'd love to see Shattered Love go over for Gordon. Um, who knows if she'll go over now, but I just like Rory says, now there's a few at the top end of the market here who I would have down as kind of windy stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, your politologues, your mins, your benatars even. And one thing about Shattered Love is while she she might be at her very best at a mid-range trip, but she certainly she certain stays three miles, um, no problem. Um, and look at the ground she'd, she'd probably prefer it a little bit softer than it's, go, than it's going to be but um, getting the mare's allowance um, I, I give her a squeaky sort of a chance at an each way price um, again it, come, it just comes down to stamina I'm trying to find something here that I know stays well um, and we know she has um, a fair amount of class as well so if she arrived over um, she'd be the one I'd be with she's the best yeah, she was price t- taken out of the, bet, the Bedford chase wasn't she yeah um, she was yeah, but left in this, which was interesting. Yeah. She's a best. Price. Although, well, there's no way, no decks, no decks for this yet. So it's not so much that she's specifically yeah. been left in. She's just, yeah, no, no decision being made apparently. But yeah, I'd love to see her as well. I, I kind of assumed she wouldn't be turning up if the ground was going to be on the, um, just on the easy side of good. But you never know. And and um, she was she was an absolute star for us last year. Big time. Uh, best price ten to one. Shattered love as things stands. You wouldn't get a anywhere even near that were she to be declared. Uh, your backup, Kevin. Oh, don't don't have a backup. <laughs> there is no plan B for Kevin Blake. It's all about shattered love. Uh, you can make your own jokes there. Carl Hurdle, big disappointment. Lorena does not make the journey over, which means the market is now headed by If the Cap Fits and We Have a Dream, uh, who are both at 4-1. to one. Barry Garrity declared on We Have a Dream, so that's an interesting jockey booking for old Nicky. Uh, Call Me Lord, 
uh, probably won't run. Old Guard has been declared with Bryony Frost. I know that Andy Stewart and Jeremy Kyle have wanted Bryony Frost on Old Guard again for quite some time, so that's interesting. And uh, he ran a Stormer. And Little Rockefeller, Rory, is entered here as well. He's been chasing, but he's entered here. And um, obviously it's been a, a good ha- hunting ground for him in the past. He's, he's run some mighty races before here, so winning it last yeah, year. Um yeah, so what what's your interpretation of this race? Um well in terms of um Little Rockefeller's um place in it, I think I think it's probably just a um um a belt and braces job. He's also entered over fences at Exeter the following day and mm. that's right. That's where I'd expect him to go. If they thought this was gonna cut up quite badly, then I'm I'm sure connections will be happy enough to um to give it a go. It's a race he's run very well in before. Um and if the race cut up then you know, again, he would run a decent contest. Um, he's he's better over hurdles and fences so far. But apparently, he's just had he's just had that um, the the couple of chase starts. He's made hard work of it. But again, he's he's been a typical little Rockefeller in that he keeps um, finding plenty for pressure. He looked beaten at an early stage at Cheltenham. Um, didn't. Um, so he made a series of blunders as such. He just he, he just gave the impression he barely had the scope to jump those big fences at Cheltenham, um, and he was iffy at, at most of them. Um, but the longer the race went on, the stronger he was, and he ended up winning comfortably. Um, so I think they'll be happy to stick to the fences for the time being, um, but they'll keep their options open with this. You know, if, if they thought there was going to be three or four runners, and you know that they'll be keeping an eye on the um, on the decks mm. close to ten o'clock, um, and just um, you know that they'll swoop in if there's a, an opportunity of easy prize money. Okay. In terms, um, of... in terms of who wins the race, yes. I, I'd be with if the cap fits. I thought it was a very promising comeback at, at Wincanton. Um, the stiffer track and the the longer trip will suit him. Um, I would have thought, and um, he he strikes me as having um, ha- having plenty of scope for improvement, which you couldn't say from many in this race. So he looks very solid. And Bordana Blue's done nothing to hurt the form either. Um, Kevin, old guard, if the cap fits, we have a dream. Your thoughts? Uh, call me Lord. Is interesting, I think, to be fair to him. He's promised quite a bit in his career. You get the impression he's been he's been well regarded. Took him a little while to get it together. Still probably you know, I suppose technically he put it all together at Sandown on his on his final start last season when they stepped him up and trip, but he, he still did a a bit wrong there. You know, he was free enough and his jumping wasn't fantastic and he still absolutely smashed it up, you know, little Rockefeller and Oldstone and Old Guard and a couple of others to be fair um, I think mid-range trip is probably fine for him now um, you'd love to see him jump a little bit better but to be fair to him despite you know doing things wrong um, along the way he's up to what he's a 160 horse now um, he has a grade 2 penalty to carry um, but he's he's one when fresh before and he, he might just be better than this lot now at this stage of their careers and he's there's still potential for him to climb a little bit more and you know, being a one sixty horse, you know, he's if he can if he can put these away, um he he's probably ready for the next step and has to take on the, the, the best around. It's gonna be harder for the juveniles, isn't it? Because Call Me Lord isn't jocked up yet, doesn't mean he won't run. But we've a dream for all that he was very good uh last season. He's already been beaten on his season reappearance and it's just worth repeating that just because you were a really good juvenile last year, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to translate that into the form this year. Absolutely, I'm not sure. It's, it's the um, we see it all the time. There's just a there's just a big gap in terms of of um, um, what the top juveniles achieve 
and what the top hurdlers achieve. Mm. Um, and we tend to expect um, them to bridge that gap. Or, or, or we tend to be unaware of how big that gap is as a rule. Um, and every year we see it you, when you get the, the top um, juveniles taking on the, uh, the, the top older horses uh, first time out. It's a bit of a culture shock. And the very best ones will kind of, you know, will rise to the challenge and get better. Um, but we have a dream, particularly given how well he did last year, and he was arguably the best juvenile hurdler, certainly on this side of the pond. Mm. He was massively out of his comfort zone at Wing Captain, wasn't he? Yeah, he was thrashed. Um, yeah. And just because he was so well fancied in the market as well, but that was some performance he put on at Aintree. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday. Uh, live and at the races at Navin. Uh, the racing starts at 12. The Kilmore National Insiders listed race uh, for bumper horses wraps up the card. Uh, we've, we're looking back at the history of this beforehand. Kevin, for the Troytown Chase card in at least the last decade and a couple of years more, we cannot remember a Troytown card run on good ground. Um, uh, I'm going to go to firm ground at least, which, which is half a chance it might be. Um, it's very unusual for an at this time of year. Uh, for the ground to be like this, you know, go to firm ground at Turles today. We're just, it's been just a, a mad year weather-wise. And um, we keep thinking that the that the rain is only around the corner, but it's yet to arrive and the forecast is dry for the next coming day, next couple of days. So, um, yeah, it's going to be certainly a good ground, Troy Town, which is highly unusual. And it makes it uh, a little bit difficult because, you know, for weeks now, we've been looking ahead to some of these maiden hurdles and maiden chases and getting a bit fraughty at the mouth, looking forward to what's going to run. And yeah. stuff just don't turn up. Just They just don't turn up. Um, it's frustrating for the trainers when the rain does come. Um, it'll probably have been worth the wait because we'll get a few maiden hurdles and maiden chases that'll be more like that wouldn't look out of the way with um, with, with graded status next to them. Um, so yeah, look again, difficult to pinpoint what's going to what's going to run. Um, some really fascinating entries the whole way through the car, but you just have to be. You'd be cautious of wasting too much time talking about them because you just suspect the vast majority of the ones you'd be looking forward to probably aren't going to turn up. Yeah. Um, the card at Goran Park the day before, Smashing, who was a smashing horse, Zabana, the great Zabana, and Min uh, have won that race the last few years. There's nothing of their caliber entered this time around because nobody really wants to run on that ground. And that's a good meeting at Goran Park. It traditionally tends to be. And and so the Troy Town is, is kind of fixed with this problem as well. We've got some very interesting horses entered, but how many of them are actually going to take their chance? Like this, I know we're talking about it every week, but I can remember March and being snowed in, and now it's only a couple of weeks. It's literally, it's five weeks to Christmas, and it's almost tropical weather outside it's ridiculous it's, it's insane it's like this is a real issue for trainers well, well, i wouldn't call it tropical now it's very cold it's just not <laughs> oh really. it's it is to be fair it has gone from being humid and mild to being yeah it, it's freezing cold now but we're not getting <laughs> it was tropical a minute ago we're not getting the, that's how quickly it changes that's how quickly yeah a, a classic kennedy flip yeah i'm telling you listen look I'm looking outside right now. It's bright sunshine, blue skies, warm weather. Right, close the curtain, pull back again. Now it's cold and it's raining. I don't know what's going on. And dark. Uh, and dark as well, Rory. Amazingly, yes. Amazingly. How did you know? Um, so, given the ground conditions, what have you 
sided with <laughs> Kevin Blake. <laughs> Honest to God, I would do well to tip something that runs here. <laughs> Everything I like, I would have down uh, as, a, as a questionable runner. Um, and I, I'm wary of, of wasting my time and the listeners' time in playing um, good ground bingo <laughs> with, with the Troy Town. <laughs> Let, well, let's go for Kevin Blake's good ground bingo, Troy Town. Who have you... We'll spin that wheel. And who have you come up with? <laughs> I've got nothing. I told you. I've got nothing, nothing at all. I'm you, not going to waste time here. You're not going to even talk about it. Oh, my I'm God. I'm not going to waste time. <laughs> oh, Vanessa Ryle is right now screaming, pair of brown eyes will defy the ground and go on a win. Probably wants heavy ground, to be fair. Um, Rory, I'm sure well, you've well, done to be, extensive... To be fair, why don't I give a quick mention to that? Oh, good man. He, he's, a, he's a horse that he bolted up when he was... When he was um, when he came back from from a midwinter break last year, absolutely lashed up in what used to be called the Pierce, um, the Pierce handicap chase at Leopardstown, and um, I was fairly sure I was making a case for him at Cheltenham, um, and, and he ran fine, but no better than that. Um, yeah, like uh, he, he's he's got some. If you if you go way back, you won a bumper on good ground back in nineteen sixty two, um, so he might handle it. He might run. I suspect he's still reasonably handicapped. And there you go. He's 20 to 1. But um, yeah, like I say, I feel like it, I need you talking about it because there's just zero conviction in, in the fact that he'll even run, never mind um, run well. Okay, that horse again is. Last goodbye. Last goodbye. Rory Delarkey, you've done extensive you... work on this race. I have, yeah. And yeah. you've come up with. How many How many Golden Elliott horses are there in the race? Did you count them? Uh, eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more than that now. <laughs> more than that, Gordon. Gordon's got more than a dozen in the Troy Town, and he, he there's a fair chance that he wins it. Um, but as Kevin says, it's if you're trying, if you're picking a runner, your odds against to find one. Um, quite frankly. So no, I went through looking for something that I thought had a, um, had a, a strong profile. Um. Out Sam is still interesting on in his old form, but again, he's a horse who's had some um, leg problems and he's been best with uh, with a fair bit of dig in the ground in the past. So um, that would be a, a concern with him. Uh, and I was just trying to find trying to find if I could if I could spot one that um that sort of fitted the bill there. Does one of uh, Gordon's fourteen entries interest you aside from Out Sam? Um no. I think the fact that Gordon has fourteen entries um is is the problem in itself i don't think gordon knows who he's going to run now yeah. um and i think you know he'd probably have four or five uh in the race maybe even more than that on the day um but you know it, it's perming them and, and their needs and uh, the jockey bookings and stuff that that will um help narrow that down on the other hand i do quite fancy a gordon elliott horse in a handicap hurdle on the card oh oi, oi, oi. We've got to have something, don't we? Yeah. Um, so, so you're going to skip. It's very rare for you're, me. You're going to skip the Troy Town entirely as a betting proposition. I am. Yeah, yeah okay. as a betting proposition. Because you're going to ask me what my, what my best bet of the weekend is, and I I've been through a load of races with no interest in having a bet at all thus far. So I've got to have something somewhere. The Davis Civil Engineering Handicap Hurdle at one thirty mm-hmm. has a a horse in it called Steel Cap, <laughs> making his. Hurdles day his handicap hurdle debut, having had three runs um, 
uh, actually four runs over hurdles in uh, in the last uh, month or so, <laughs> and not not hitting the frame at all. He won a bumper on debut, won a well on debut at uh, at Kilbegan on good ground, and he said he said four runs over um, over hurdles without showing anything like the same form. Handicappers guessed at a mark for him, and I suspect that he will um, uh, he will show improved form at some stage. Can I, um, can I just say, Rory, you, you're, you're talking yeah. about the handicapper guessing at a at a mark for him. We kind yeah. of had to guess, didn't he? 81 he did, lengths, yeah, because... 42 lengths, 64 lengths, 43 lengths. He's come up with a mark of 102. Yeah, which is very harsh on the face of it on what he's done. But it's very lenient on what, on what he did on his... Um, in his bumper, if you can trust mm-hmm. that form, and that that came in September. It's like you know, he said five runs very quickly. And the fact that he's had those runs, and he gets you know the the, the in running comments uh, on on Hurdle's debut, having won a bumper first time out, um, he's he's um, drifted a fair bit in the market, and get the com- got the comment soon steadied, plenty to do four out, never on terms, um, and then <laughs> time for him say on his second start is seemingly being brought along with handicaps in mind. <laughs> Um, so I suspect he wasn't given a mark after his third run, um, but after the fourth, the handicapper has, has given up the ghost and given him a mark of 102. Well, um, generally, as a rule, if it appears the handicapper has made them run the fourth time here, and as a rule, a flat hard jumps, if they make you run the fourth time, it basically means we know what you're doing. And when, yes. they, do, when they do give him a mark, it tends to look harsh. Yeah. And um, it, it's been quite well judged, this, because uh, it, it's not... Oh, terribly well known, I assume, but there is a rule there buried away um, in Irish National Hunt Racing that you have to finish within 45 lengths of the winner in at least one of your runs over hurdles to be considered for a mark. Yeah, and he's been beaten uh, 42 and and 42 and a half. (laughs) He's been beaten 42 and 43 in two of his four runs. (laughs) As well judged. That That is absolute genius. That yes. is absolute genius, is what that is. Uh, and I'll throw in another few comments again for the time form ledger. Not given at all a hard time on his second start. Um, never landed a blow, not unduly punished. Uh, no threat from four out, not one to write off. So this might come soon enough. It might well be the spring when he when he flourishes. But it, it does seem that you know that he's been viewed as a handicap hurdler, and he's got a he's got a mark as as soon as was humanly possible. And he should improve. It may well be that the handicapper's given him a mark that makes it tougher on first time out anyway. But in my experience, what happens with handicappers who, who give you a mark that looks too tough is if you're if you're if you're cute enough, you get beat again the first time. And the handicapper goes, <laughs> Ah, fair enough. I'll drop you ten pounds for that. You go, right, lads, nice with that. And away we go. You don't, you, you don't want you don't want to wind up the handicapper by winning um, your handicap debut when the handicapper clearly is is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> let that one go and win next time well he could be he could open up <laughs> he could open up like there could be several Elliot runners maybe he opens up 20s and then suddenly the money starts to come for him and they end up yeah, winning or he, by... could up, he could open up at 5 to 1 and drift to 20s and yeah that's that's the other <laughs> so, way you know. but it could end up that he is as good as that Kilbegan run suggested and that we'll land in touch with him or that he's just an extremely difficult horse to get right we'll, we'll have to wait and see but 
Uh, I like that rule that Kevin has, has brought to us, and I like the time form analysis that um, that Rory has highlighted as well. Um, the other race then of of note, so keep that horse in your at the races tracker. If he mightn't do it this weekend, he may very well be capable of doing something a little bit later on. Um, other interesting horses to talk about for the weekend: Kevin Blake, Rhinestone might very well run in the Monksfield Novice Hurdle Grade Three, one on debut. And um, this could be his next start for Joseph O'Brien. Yeah, might well run. Um, decision to be made in the morning, obviously. But um, yeah, I'd say he would appreciate the step up to two and a half miles. Um, he looked like a stayer when winning at Nace um, on a hurdling debut in, in very workmanlike fashion, now you'd have to say. Um, obviously, with, with his high level of bumper form, you'd hope that he would step forward, but he'll definitely need to. Um, if he's going to compete in this company, um, some flashy entries in here, but again, what's going to run? Um, like <laughs> easy game is in there. He be he's a likely runner, you'd imagine. Go on. Um, but you know he's he's no star. I think it's fair to say, and his jumping wouldn't set you alight. How dare you? Uh, well, there we go. Um, Felix Desji is in here. I, I suspect he won't run just two weeks after his last run a very disappointing run now yeah. we discussed it at the time and I don't think going up and trip is necessarily what you do with him at this stage um, given that you know he's a horse that needs to relax and going slower over further might not help his cause there and then we have the beginner's chase where presumably Campiador the betting will be does he get round again yes or no answer being no um and Mengli Khan is entered as well, Manila for dollars, but they're not, they're, they're unlikely to run, Kev. Yeah, look, Mengli Khan, Mengli Khan and Paloma Blue would, you know, without question, be the two most interesting. Shady mm. Operator would be an interesting one as well, but they're all questionable runners, I'd say, um, on the prevailing ground. I can't wait to see Paloma Blue out, uh, and Mengli Khan for that, for that matter, but they've both been entered up many, many times in recent weeks and they haven't run. On, a, on decent ground as of yet so would they, will they run out here probably not you'd say okay so your best bet then for the weekend Rory Delargy is going to be that handicap hurdler at Navin on Sunday steel cap by process of elimination yeah steel cap because he's the only one that I've, that I've you know got earmarked at back so it's a funny old weekend but if the cap fits if the cap fits it'll work so we'll go with that and Kevin Blake your best bet of the weekend is um, shattered love and in the the Ascot Chase, and um, if she doesn't run, uh, call me Lord in the Coral Hurdle. Okay, well, that one doesn't run. Um, <laughs> stick stick the feet up, have a beer, and um, yeah, <laughs> sit back, don't, watch trouble your, don't trouble your bookmaker this particular weekend. Uh, I will go with Native River as there's a headline here in front of me. Owner Broom hoping Gold Cup hero Native River silences the doubters at Haydock. Oh, really? Those bloody diders at it again. Oh, he's, oh, he's, he's coming out. Dirt. He's coming out fighting. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, hopefully somebody in the stands will start off the chant. Ooh, it's a desert horse as he jumps the last and then the whole place erupts into it. Um, Luca Kamani bowed out as we uh, talked about from training with his final runner at Wolverhampton. He had a glorious, glorious racing career. And... Um, yeah, some would say he's he's retired too soon, but um, he's um, he deserves retirement. He's been out for a long time, and he's given many of us a lot of joy over the years. Uh, anything else that you want to bring to our attention, Rory Delargy? About Luca Cabani? About anything, life in general, life advice? 
Uh, oh well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, no, no, I could I could give you a list of things um, that one or two of my sons have said to me recently, but uh, none spring to mind. Um, they're full of good advice. <laughs> Kevin Blake. No, I'm blank. <laughs> As am I, to be completely honest with you. Uh, in which case, we're done. Don't forget our competition. Take a, take a photograph of where you normally listen to the Final Furlong podcast. Tweet us at Final Furlong Pod. If you're not on Twitter, you can do it via Facebook either. And uh, we will announce the winners on Monday's Final Furlong podcast weekend review. Will any of these horses have run over the weekend? Maybe they will have all won the ones we put up maybe absolutely none of them will will run at all but at least you won't have lost any money in the process uh thank you very much for tuning in rory delargy pleasure as always pleasure is all mine kevin blake i'll talk to you on monday my friend good luck and from me emma kennedy i will chat to you monday thanks so much for listening talk to you then god bless the final furlong podcast is sponsored by unibet Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.